You're listening to The Thrive Podcast with your host, Kathleen Drennan, corporate executive turned creative entrepreneur. Listen in as Kathleen shares all the things about marketing, money, and managing your mindset. She'll provide you with the tools and templates you can use today to help grow your business and move one step closer to creating your best life. Ladies, you got this. I'm having one of those moments of just marveling at technology. Like, here's the thing. I don't know what happens after you turn 40, but you just keep kind of reminiscing about things, about the good old days, about days before email even existed, before the internet was even really a thing. Guys, like, it's amazing. (laughs) And we were talking the other day. So we've just passed our 14th New Year here in Australia land. And I was like, oh my God, we moved to this country before the iPhone was even a thing. Like at the beginning of Facebook. Like what? (laughs) My mom was telling me about how my nieces and nephews are all growing up. And of course, it's been like forever since I've seen everybody. So in my mind, I'm like, no, everybody's just going to be stay stuck as little babies. (laughs) Like, holy crap. Holy crap, guys. Like, technology is a thing. And being a human being, navigating technology, if you're the type of person who gets really frustrated with technology, if you have the identity, if you like to tell yourself, I'm not good with technology, it's okay. Because there's a lot to learn, right? We kind of thought all of our learning was done. Okay, I'm out of school, I'm done learning. No more with the learning. No more having to, like, push my brain to learn new things. And then you're running your business and there's like so many things to learn and so many of them have to do with technology, right? It's so crazy to me that I can be sitting here in the middle of nowhere in Australia and you can be listening to this episode like anywhere in the world. Isn't that insane? Like people from their brains created the concept of podcasting, RSS feeds and all of the software that goes with podcasting and like GarageBand, let alone the microphone to use to recording. And then there's people who like edit these things like what? <laughs> what is this world that we live in? Boy. Anyway, people, here we are. So I wanted to this week, following last week's episode, this week, I want to talk to you about step two. So if you are just tuning in this month, we are jumping into the three steps to success in your flower business. I'm going to tag on a fourth episode that's called How to Solve Any Problem because it's super helpful. It's super helpful for us to know that we have a framework that we can follow to help solve any problem. But before we get into that episode, this week we're talking about step two in our three-step process. So last week, if you haven't yet listened to that episode, I would highly recommend you go back and listen to that episode before you continue listening to this episode. And for those of you that really like to just be content consumers and you don't want to be creators, you are not alone. Many of you will have listened to last week's episode, but very few of you will actually have done the work to sit down and create your vision. Do that work, my friends. And don't just imagine it in your head. I want you to create a Pinterest board and I want you to actually articulate it and I want you to write it down. 
the more you can visualize it, the more you can get clear on your vision, whatever that vision is. Maybe you want to be featured in Vogue or Martha Stewart Weddings or some blog that's in your country, right? Or maybe you want to have a beautiful flower farm. Maybe you want to have an amazing greenhouse turn event studio and pumpkin patch and tea garden and garden center and flower business. Maybe you want to start hosting workshops. Maybe you want to do those big, beautiful, abundant budget weddings. Maybe you're doing weddings right now and you're like, I really wish I could just stop doing weddings. Perfect. Pause. Commit to yourself one hour of your time to articulate your vision and get crystal clear on it. Right? What do you want your workspace to look like? What kind of ingredients do you want to use? What kind of work do you want to create? What kind of formats do you want to design with? Who do you want to design for? You get to decide all of that. And I cover all of that in the first episode. So that's last week's episode. This week, we're going to jump to step two. So I'm going to have assumed that you're all very diligent students and you have all done the work to articulate your vision. And step two is about reverse engineering your approach. Here's the thing. I'm going to ask you this, and I know the answer already. Do you have a plan for your business? I'm going to tell you for most human beings, the answer is no. Right? But that's not necessarily wrong. Because the way most businesses are taught to create a business plan makes you want to poke your eyes out. (laughs) Like if you Google business plan, oh my gosh. A couple years ago, we were helping a fellow business owner fill out an application for a bank loan. Oh my goodness, my friends. That was a tedious task, even for me. Right, Even for me, who is very familiar with filling out like long-form paperwork, I used to actually head up the grant system for our state government. So, my friends, I am used to long forms, lots of information, lots of resources, lots of, you know, back-up data. But here's something that dawned on me. I was thinking back to my fancy corporate days, Right? And I was working with Expedia and HSBC and Domino's Pizza and Luxottica. And you know what none of those businesses actually had? A written out, super detailed, 100-page business plan. Literally, it did not exist. None of the big businesses will actually map out their business to that degree. But in so many cases, right, the first piece of advice that so many small business owners, right, so many floral designers, like, oh, you need to sit down and create a business plan. Seriously, like, we might as well all just scratch our nails on the chalkboard, poke our eyes out with hot skewers. And I want to tell you, it's okay if you don't have a business plan. It's okay if you don't have a 40-page Google Doc that you've never referred to again in your life. (laughs) Right? It's like, oh my gosh. Like, this is another example of big businesses trying to teach small businesses that there is a right way and a wrong way to do things. And the first thing you need to do is stop everything that you're doing and document this 40-page piece of material. 
Oi. Right? We spend days, hours, months, years filling out these documents with random ideas and hypotheses. It's so not the same as taking action in your business. Right? If I think about like the Expedia business plan or the HSBC business plan or the Domino's Pizza business plan, like it, there is a lot of detail that goes into their businesses, but they're moving at such a pace, they're making decisions, they're clear on their vision, and they understand the foundation and the basics and the building blocks. They'll worry about the details as they move through their business. Right? They're not kind of pausing their entire business to then hope that one day they'll have enough capacity and enough time to finally take action on it, right? So it's this idea of like, oh, right, well, we're going to be asked to create a business plan and then it's going to sit on your shelf. You're never going to look at it ever again. The one thing I will say that a business plan helps with, and this is like one question that is asked in this 40-page document, one question is like having a north star, a focus, a milestone you're working towards. It's not about trying to document the entire how, but having a north star is so valuable because then you can start to delineate between what's worth your time and energy, the actions you're taking, the data that you're looking at, are you moving in the right direction? Without a north star, you're just gonna be spinning your wheels and you're gonna be saying yes to everything that's happening. Right? And then that's where we get that resentment and that frustration and that irritation. And all of a sudden you wake up and you've totally fallen into the muck of burnout. And so there seems to be these two extremes, right? Many floral designers run around either with no North Star, no understanding of where they're going, or you have sat down with a fairly formal business mentor and they have said, oh, you need to write a business plan. I am going to come in and tell you that there is a third option. I am going to come in and tell you that it's allowed to be simple. And the value of having a North Star in your business is so imperative, but we're never taught why it's important. So therefore, we never do it. Right? And on the extreme end, everybody's like, oh, you need to fill out this 40-page document with all of these questions, and then you're going to poke your eyes out. Then you're going to like officially have fallen out of love with the idea of building a business and you're going to not do anything. So the reason that so many floral designers approach building their business backwards is because they're not taught the value of actually having a North Star. They're not allowed to think that it's simple. And this idea like all of the fancy corporate people want to overcomplicate things because that is how they demonstrate their value. But having a super simple exercise that helps you cut through the confusion, like nobody sits us down and says this is allowed to be simple, right? Because everybody thinks, oh, when I'm building a business, it's got to be convoluted and complicated, right? Because if it's convoluted and complicated, then the value of it's really high. Nope. I don't want you to sit down and craft a 40-page document that you're never going to read, <laughs> If that 40-page document isn't something that you're referring to on a daily basis, if it doesn't inspire you, you don't have to do it. And this idea of, well, I should do my due diligence and I should sit down and I should document it and then you're never, ever, ever going to look at it again. That's what we do, right? That's what we do with our business plans. 
what else is really interesting, right? Another reason that we might be approaching building our business is that we think we need to work our way up. We think we need to hedge our bets, we need to play small, and we need to just take it one step at a time. And then you get super frustrated, right? Because you think you're doing it right. You think you're just being conservative, jump on Instagram, and you start thinking, oh my gosh, well, it's not working. I must be too old. I must not be smart enough. I must not be a good enough designer. I must be bad with technology. And in addition to that, right, like you look at your favorite floral designers and you think, wow, they show up with so much confidence. They always get asked to create this beautiful work. And we're never taught that those are things that you create for yourself, right? We believe all of those things are outside of our own control. So if you're anything like me, right, I know so many of you look at me and think, wow, Kathleen's so confident. It's a skill, my friends. I did not come out of the womb like this. You should talk to my mother. (laughs) Confidence isn't something that came naturally to me. I am very shy. I'm extremely introverted. I have so much self-doubt. I used to attach my self-worth to everything. And you all look at me now and think, she must be some sort of magic unicorn, right? Do you guys remember that tagline? Maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's Maybelline. No, my friends. You get to decide what you want to create in your business. It's up to you to create it. Nobody who I've ever met in terms of their flower business feels like they just had it easy, feels like it was just given to them. Oh, no. It's like a form of torture, (laughs) building our businesses and we just keep showing up and remembering if something's not working in our business if something isn't going the way we want it to go nothing outside of us needs to change we get to take full responsibility for the results that we're creating and that is not a criticism that is a form of empowerment so that you can show up and do something about it in addition to that we are never taught about failure Right? If we think about our education system and our traditional education system, right? God forbid you don't pass a class. Right? We are literally taught from a very young age that failure is the worst thing on the planet. Right? And for so many of us, and this is definitely me, like you are not worthy if you fail at something. You are not deserving. You are not a good enough human being. And for so many of us, right, we are taught to believe that you should stop if it doesn't work. Right? You know that saying, like, do what you love and the money will follow? A total lie. Because do you know where the money comes from a floristry perspective? Systems, procedures, getting your pricing sorted, having your own back when shit doesn't go your way. <laughs> Coming to terms with technology, learning new things. Like, that's how you make money in your flower business, not standing at your workbench admiring the beautiful flowers. Like, that is the passion that fuels us but it's our processes that actually get us into the money-making space. What's so good to know is when you run a business, and this is true whether you're just starting out or you're going into like year 20, most of what you do, most of what you attempt isn't going to work. Right? Like literally, even if you're doing things really well from a sales perspective, 75% of the people who come in contact with you are going to say no. Which means 75% of the time you're technically going to be failing. 
but we have these ideas and these beliefs when we grow up in our education system, right? That, well, I need to do really well, and if I fail, then I am not worthy. But literally, right, like success from a sales point of view is 25%. <laughs> like what? That is actually definitely significantly in the F category if we were to be graded from a traditional perspective. Like those two constructs absolutely come to battle with each other when you build a business. And really learning that every single day you're going to wake up and you're going to fail. And that's okay. Most of what you do isn't going to work. Most of the time you're going to post to Instagram and you're not going to get enough people to either see it, like it, or it's not going to resonate with your clients. And that's okay. You're going to be talking to a customer on the phone and they're going to tell you that it's too expensive. You're going to get another wedding inquiry and they're going to tell you they found somebody cheaper. You're going to hire a staff member and it's just not going to work out. You're going to price out a design and send up the quote and go through the consult and you're not going to get the client. You are going to fail 75% of the time. And that is if you are doing it with years of experience. It's very possible that in the first, I don't know, let's say five years of your business, you're going to actually fail. It's not going to work 99% of the time. But when we grow up in our education system, right, and failure is, I don't even know what, like 50%? My version, in my head, failure was anything less than a, probably a B plus, if I'm totally honest. So that was probably somewhere in like the 70%. So if Kathleen's version of failure is I need to be at least like 79% or higher, but the reality of running a business is that only... 10 to 25% of the people who actually come in contact with you might even remotely buy from you? Like, whoa, those two thought processes do not align, right? So then we fall into the pattern of beating ourselves up and I'm not good enough and I'm never gonna be able to make this work and I should stop. Like, nobody tells us that you're actually not going to be successful most days of the year. <laughs> right? That's why we stay stuck. Most of what you attempt isn't gonna work but it's also how you learn what does work. Because you guys who are inside of the boot camp, right, you already know like the obsession with data. Come back and look at the data because you're going to figure it out and you're going to have one more clue. You're going to follow the breadcrumb in terms of what is going to resonate with your clients. So powerful, right? Because then we can get our primitive brain and our old belief systems out of the way. So step two in this super simple three-step approach to success in your flower business, step one, articulate your vision. Step two, I want you to reverse engineer your approach. Instead of thinking, right, instead of taking like the girl guides approach or I need to work my way up or I need to start small and I need to build on it, I want you to play a game with me. I want you to get crystal clear on your North Star and where do you want to go. Because when we start small and we kind of build our business from the ground up, which seems like the right thing to do, right? It seems like I should hedge my bets and I should be conservative, right? And it feels very linear. What happens in so many cases, right? And what happened with me when I took that approach was I'm just going to say yes to everything that comes my way. We continue to add to our to-do list because we get so caught up in all the things that we should be doing. We never stop to even consider, is what I'm doing actually moving the needle in my business? 
there's a beautiful line from Alice in Wonderland. If you don't know where you're going, any path will get you there. And that was absolutely me, right? If I think back to the designs I was creating in the first couple of years of my business, like I did a tribute to a Harley Davidson fan, which was super fascinating. I did very traditional wedding bouquets. I also did a fully wired bouquet and then I did loose garden style bouquets and I thought I had to learn all these different techniques and these different mechanics because I would just say yes to whatever the customer wanted. So I had no idea what kind of work Kathleen actually wanted to create. All I felt was envy and jealousy when I saw these beautiful floral designers showing up and creating these amazing designs and I was like, oh, I really wish my clients would ask me to create that. I didn't realize, I didn't know at the time that it's up to me, right, as the head chef in my restaurant to delineate that. I didn't know at the time that that's a decision I get to make when I run the business. I didn't know that the most valuable thing I can do in my business is actually set a north star and define my revenue goal. I was absolutely living into the belief of if I don't know where I'm going, then any path will get me there, right? If I just keep saying yes to everything, this is why we physically go into exhaustion, right? And that core meltdown that I had in November of 2017 when I was just like, are you kidding me? I cannot believe that this is what my business looks like. This is awful. If this is what floristry is going to be like, I don't know if this is what I want to do this idea of like, oh my God, like to the core, shattered, because I was like, this is exhausting. I don't like the work I'm creating. I don't love my customers. I don't like the ingredients I'm using. I'm not making enough money. This is not the dream that I thought I had bought into when I decided to build a flower business. And it happens to all of us. When we don't have that North Star, when we're not told that you get to be the creative director in your business. But if we kind of step outside of the floral design industry for a second and we think about like travel, we don't randomly book a flight because airfares are 50% off from London to New York in September. And then you're randomly going to book a hotel over in Amsterdam for a totally different month. And then maybe you'll reserve a car in Fiji for January. That's not how we plan our travel. But it's how many floral designers run their business. We react to what's going on without having any sense of clarity in terms of where we're going. When you plan a holiday, when you plan your next trip, you pick your destination, you set your time frame, and then you start to fill in the gaps. You get to do exactly the same thing in your flower business. The North Star that you're going to set in this case is your revenue target. And if you ever look at a very traditional business plan template, right? If you jump on Google and you look at business plan, somewhere in all of those pages, somewhere in all of those questions, they're going to ask you, what is your revenue target? That is the most valuable question you can ask yourself. And you get to decide. You get to pick your number and you get to decide what you want your business to look like. It's up to you to create your business. Successful flower businesses don't just happen. They are created one decision at a time. And when you have your North Star 
evaluating all the options on the table is so much easier. And when you add that on to step one and you've articulated your vision, wowzers. And it all comes from you. It all comes from your imagination, your brain, and your ability to decide what it is that you want. So if you don't have a revenue target in your business, I'm going to talk you through how to do it. And it's very simple. Even if you tell yourself you're not good with numbers and you're not good with math, you can do this. And if you want to outsource this, then get your seven-year-old nephew to do this because the math is so simple. When it comes to setting your North Star in your business, I want you to take your personal income. How much money do you, as a human being, want to make? Right? Do you want to bring home $60,000, $20,000, $600,000, $60,000, pounds, whatever it is? Pick a number. Pick a number. Don't overthink it. Then I want you to take that number and I want you to multiply it by five. So if you want to bring home $200,000 as a business owner, that means that your business's revenue goal is to generate a million dollars. If you want to bring home 50,000 pounds, right? Let's say you're in the UK. You want to bring home 50,000 pounds, then your business's revenue goal is 250,000 pounds. Now, giant disclaimer. I'm not an accountant or a financial advisor. And this is not an exact science. So... Definitely go out there, enlist the help of a financial accountant, somebody who knows numbers, somebody who understands taxes and laws in your place, those people who know all that information. You're also going to notice that over time, you're going to have lots of nuances in your business. It's not to say this is an exact formula for every floral designer on the planet, but it's an amazing place to begin because you'll see just how small you've been thinking you'll see just how limited you've been in your own ability. But taking your personal income goal and multiplying it times five gives you a different benchmark to work to, right? It really gives you the North Star to focus on and helps you set your sights higher. Because for so many of us, we walk around and we don't have a North Star, right? We just stay stuck in reactive mode and we're thinking way too small. But this one exercise, right, of taking your personal income and multiplying it times five starts to really open up your capacity for possibility. Because all of a sudden, if you as a business owner want to be bringing home $40,000, then you know your business's revenue target is 200K. And then you start making decisions from a 200K perspective. It's a totally different way to go about it. And it's so incredibly powerful because you'll really start to see just how limited you've been in your actions, which is why you're not making progress in your business. This one exercise is one of my favorite secrets to building a successful flower business. And if you take step one, right, you sit down and articulate your vision and decide what kind of work you want to create and who you want to serve and what kind of formats you want to use and what kind of ingredients you want to have and you get crystal clear on your workspace and your vision for what you want it to look like. And then step two is identify your North Star and then reverse engineer your approach because your job is to start to make decisions with that North Star in mind. It's how you evaluate the next best step in your business. And all of a sudden, if you look at that goal and it brings up fear and nausea and uncertainty and you're scared and you're hesitating and you're overwhelmed and you're confused, you're doing it right. 
because I'm going to talk to you next week about what then needs to happen for you to be able to bridge the gap in terms of where you are now and where you want to go. When you look at that revenue goal and you feel nauseous, it's because your brain is programmed to freak out. All it sees is danger and badness and you're going to get eaten by the saber-toothed tiger. All of that doubt is all part of the human experience. It's part of the process. It's how you actually build your business. So if you are hesitating, if you feel nauseous, if you feel scared, if you're afraid, you're doing it right. And don't forget to set your alarms because next week we're going to be talking about step three. After you've articulated your vision and then you begin to reverse engineer your approach, my friends, we move to step three. It's going to be so incredibly good. Please take care of yourself, drive safely, get some sleep, eat your vegetables, drink more water, and I will talk to you again next week. Bye for now.